people were I wonder when the when the thing comes on when the thing when the podcast starts you know are people wondering are we going to talk about technical issues the weather Trump personal things is there something going on with the guys is one of them inevitably going to be well I'm sick and I'm going to die that's going to happen there's going to be one of those announcements one day Oh, the announcement I can make today is that yesterday I joined the Brampton Seniors Club. <laughs> and that's okay. not a word. Well, of a congratulations. Lie. That's not a, I joined. Yeah. What, uh, what is that? What do you guys get together for like, is that a swingers thing? <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's the uh, Bob Callahan, apparently, seniors... Uh, facility here at uh, mclaughlin and queen street in brampton and it costs 22 dollars a year to be a member and that enables you to sign up for programs uh it's very cost effective and uh everything from uh pickleball to um you know uh, pottery are you gonna do some pottery there at uh, bob mccallan or whatever bob mclaughlin some bridge perhaps (laughs) You guys laugh, but they have bridge, they have euchre, they yeah, have bingo, I am laughing. all those things. <laughs> yes, I'm going to laugh. What's the name of the center again? The Bob McCown Center? Well, it's called the Flower City um, something. Flower City. Uh, I don't know. Well, find out. Flower City Brampton. Brampton's Flower City uh, Rec Center. No, but. Um, yeah, so you pay your $22 each, which me and Dahl did, and then this enables you to sign up for programs. Like, they, I'm starting a thing. It's for six, people 60-plus. For It's called Stretching and Strength. And so you have an instructor there, and, you know, it's sort of age-specific to, to overdo it, and he'll run you through some um, exercises, which I like. I like the instructed thing, you know, because... yeah. It's hard to motivate myself anyway. And then there's pickleball courts where you can go and drop in and play pickleball. And, uh, you know, there's even stuff like on an afternoon, like uh, pick up basketball and stuff, where if you just want to go and run around a gym with a bunch of guys that uh, are there for the same reason. So, yeah, um, I'm part of it. And they do it. They have like stained glass classes and uh, pottery and all that stuff that I won't use. But. Well, don't it's, say that, because um, maybe you can make a uh, Fred Patterson-inspired stained glass figurine for us for uh, the, one of the holidays. Yeah, yeah no, there you go. I won't, but, you know, um, <laughs> they have those. Oh, oh man. <laughs> I, I, you know what I love about that is, first of all, fantastic. I'm all for it. I want to give you nothing but uh, uh, to support. I just know that if one of the other two of us you know, started talking about joining a senior community center. The mock machine would be in full, <laughs> full, don't you, right, Dan? Full yeah. swing. Can't wait. Is How is the, uh, are they, do they have jigsaw puzzle uh, tables there? That's <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, are they yeah. level? Do, will you, do you have to get together on, uh, and do uh, like any kind of like, be fundraising? Will you be getting together and going door to door, raising money for the Bob? Is it Bob McCowan Center or Bob McLaughlin? No, no, Bob Callahan, Bob Flower Callahan. City. Bob Callahan, Flower City Senior Center. Now, this Bob Callahan, he was like a, uh, you know, what do you call him? Um, counselor. I oh, okay. believe I met him actually years ago, back in the day. Okay. Um, I don't even know if he's still alive. Uh, if you are, Bob, sorry. Uh, 
Why he's sorry? Uh, yeah, he's, and they, they have a room sorry he's still full. alive. Yeah, I'm not sure he's still alive. <laughs> but you said, Bob, if you're still alive, I'm sorry. I'm thinking Bob would be happy to be alive. <laughs> oh, right. No, for yeah. thinking that he might be dead. Um, it, it sounds fantastic. They have rooms uh, full of pool tables. They have rooms full of ping pong tables. It's just to get me and Doll out of the house now that the shitty weather is going to set in. No, um, it's a great idea. So we could go over and, you know, we could play pickleball against each other. We could play table tennis if we wanted. There's all sorts of... You know, um, uh, fitness things yeah. for women in a group uh, situation. If Dahl wants to take advantage of yeah, Dan, it, Dan has a question, Fred. So, so all these years, you <laughs> have, have you been driving by this recreational center and no. feeling a draw, something pulling you in, and the more and more you drove by it, the more yes. you felt, oh, I must go in Until there. Until one day you couldn't resist any longer. <laughs> no, here, here I good, am. <laughs> that's a good story. No, um, I was doing, I was researching pickleball where I could maybe just go and play a couple of times a day or a couple of times a day, a couple of times a week, maybe. (laughs) That seems excessive. And often when you're doing your research Mm. and such things, one thing leads to another, right? And then I happen upon this thing that uh, for Brampton residents and uh, I thought, well, you know, I'm 67, and, oh, it's for 55-plus. I don't know how many 55ers will be there, but I thought it's sort of at my level. And if I play pickleball, it's a bunch of guys my age, then I won't be running all over trying to overdo things. Can I ask a legitimate know. question? Yeah. <laughs> if I, uh, no, this is a legitimate question. Are you able to bring a guest? Let's say I said, hey, Freddie, can I come play pickleball with you this afternoon? Can I come to your senior stretch class are you allowed to bring somebody along you know what i think you may have to join as a non-resident oh over 22 but i will find out because you know it's that type of thing as i said at all we could maybe drop in to play pickleball and there won't be anybody there and it'll just be me and her but there's nothing wrong with that either Mm. um yeah we listen we all played i loved playing pickleball i was on doll's team the uh, one time we played and it was a lot of fun, but all those other things there sound great, you know, playing pool and stuff and, you well, know, and, and you'll get to know a whole new group of people and, you know, that's what I said to be a whole I bunch said, of, you know, community center buds. I said, all this could lead to new friendships and, uh, you know, a whole new social life and traveling yeah. with these people yes. and going out cruises, going on cruises and stuff. She just rolled her eyes and said, no. Uh, no, she's the one. Oh, yeah, because Doll's the one that doesn't want to meet new people and go on community cruises and things. Well, she, she didn't seem to want like the idea. No. But anyway, um, they have this little cafe, too, and I walked in to, to check out the cafe, and there was several senior couples there having their lunch. And I thought, oh, wow, okay, that's interesting. And then I looked up on the uh, price board. Right up my alley. It's like, you know what it's like, Howard? I, uh, <laughs> it's what, like, what's it like? It's like what's uh, it like, Senior Fred? It's like uh, at the Masters prices. Oh, really? Like a sandwich is like $2.50. Like uh, a coffee is like 89 cents. Come it's on. priced, I guess, for, you know. For, for senior budgets. Yeah. For senior budget. Yes, and don't discount the fact that you guys are going to be there. You'll get to know some people. And, then, you know, there's probably a seedy underbelly to the Bob Callahan 
Flower City Community Center where, you know, senior, one, center. senior center, once they get a load of doll, they're going to say, hey, maybe would you and doll like to join our real parties that we have on the weekend? It's a bunch of <laughs> old people throwing keys and, and uh, bowls. <laughs> um, which reminds me that uh, remember that uh, episode of All in the Family? Where it was Vincent Gardenia and the the woman they show up as swingers, and Archie and Edith don't know. It was actually a creepy episode. I, I don't recall it. I'm sorry. Oh well, it was. I'm great. sorry. Look you know, I, I follow. I apologize. I don't. I can't recall a 50 year old episode, but I, I I'm sure it was very good. Oh, I'm sure you can recall 50 year old episodes of several shows if you thought about it. You're not Joe Biden. Um, How about shuffleboard? Do they have shuffleboard? Of course they do. No, no, but what they have, they have this beautiful lawn bowling facility, but that's, I'm not big on them. What's the difference? Lawn bowling is just like a different version of bocce. Yes and no. That's a good point, but the same but different. All right. You know what I mean? It's not, well, I shouldn't say it's not as precision, but I'm also, I might also look into some curling, a beginner curling. Love uh, curling. A beginner curling program, if I can. That'd be great have, for you. They have curling there? Hmm? They, they have it all there. No, no. I think it's outside of the senior center. Oh. Do you uh, think there's an opportunity there for us? You know, they might sponsor the program. The city of Brampton? It's city of Brampton. Well, we've already given them like nine <laughs> minutes. <laughs> nine, nine minutes of the show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, all you, all they request... Is that you have clean running shoes? That's all. <laughs> what did you say? That's all the they only request, request is that that you have clean underwear. <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> a bunch of old people who have just you know semi shit themselves before they came over to the sen- the senior center. Yeah. Hey, that's fu- that's fu- yeah. every time you're on the you're on the pickleball court. And every time somebody reaches for a hard shot, they shit themselves. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that. Oh, now you're turning me off. Well, I'm glad I didn't turn you on. Um, All right, Dan, let's start the show. (laughs) This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from our state-of-the-art Humble and Fred studios in Toronto, from our well-equipped Brampton facility with a pool, and from Lisa's dining room table with fall leaves tossed in the middle. And is brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Boron One, EVNet.ca, Palma Pasta, and Stretch Lab Toronto. And now, here are two men who spent the weekend getting their Christmas shopping done and finding the best on-sale shorts because soon it'll be time to fly south for the winter. It's heat-seeking humble and freezing Fred. Yeah, thank you, Dan Duran. Exciting uh, day today. Brittle star, Stuart Reynolds. Will be with us. He is probably, as, as far as people that do social media... On a grand scale. And believe me, he's pretty popular brittle star. That's uh, what his handle is. And we've had him on the show, but I thought it would be time to have him back because he's got a, a new book and uh, he's he's done really well. As far as Canadian social, like he's pretty much a Canadian-only account with 158,000 followers and... Anyway, he's got a new book, and uh, he always seems to be happy when we ask him to be on the show. He's going to, seems to be happy to oblige, and so, you know, that's good. Yeah, in Mike's notes, very interesting. 
he for Clorox he produced some online commercials and I'm thinking you know we'll leave it to him what a yeah. concept this is you approach a company and you tell them I'll do your commercial for you all you have to do is pay me for distribution or however that works well yeah I can tell you a little you know? bit how it works because that's what Charlie does they're all paid they're all paid um, partnerships and yeah well yeah great oh yeah and uh, but well, it's, like like you think Clorox if they go out and got to uh, <clears throat> produce like a <clears throat> excuse me big time TV commercial well, what that would cost but if you come through your own facilities and the things already packaged and like it's uh, it's pretty interesting concept did you look at the video because I didn't because yes. oh they are and is, is it a scaled down like sort of television well we'll play it when he's on that's what we'll do it's like a mini um like it's long. It might be 90 seconds, but again, it's for online, and it's a little skit type thing. Yeah, and it's all self-produced by him and his little production yeah. company. It's very well done. Yeah. Because I've seen some of his other stuff. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's fascinating, that world of social media partnerships and, and what yeah. uh, what companies, how companies want to be associated with those people. And like I said, he's got 160,000 Twitter followers, whatever they call that now. Um Dan, we haven't seen you since uh, the beginning of the Humble and Fred long weekend. How did you spend your uh, time away? Were you industrious? Did you build something for somebody? Oh, yeah. I finished a little project up that I was doing uh, up at the lake there and um, enjoyed a lovely evening with Lisa up at the lake as well. Slept outside for a night. Nice. Enjoyed that. It's lovely again. Did uh, some romantic stargazing at the end of the dock. We put down a blanket, and it was just a lovely, just a nice weekend this weekend. I'll say. Enjoy. Did it. you uh, bring your telescope? <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> no, I know what you're. I know what you're doing. I don't know. I know. I'm just saying. You know. <laughs> Did you bring uh, no, your Bruce own? Has a tele- Bruce has a telescope down the no, road there. Bruce's but I didn't, telescope. I didn't t- yeah, yeah, I did not. Uh, I don't have one. Are we allowed to make jokes about oh, so Bruce's threesome? <laughs> <laughs> Are we allowed to make jokes about Bruce's telescope as it relates to? Oh, okay. So you didn't bring your telescope. Close, getting close to that. You may mm. lose the 50. No, no, that yeah, wasn't so. even close. Come on. I know, Dan, uh, my uh, my alert went off on my phone the other night uh, because I have a camera up there. Oh, I forgot fixed, about that. Fixed on the site. Yeah. And it was you turning on your beautiful, uh, you know, Edison lights. Oh, the, the lights, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow, I, I keep I forgetting about that because sometimes I have the urge to, you know, go over to your place and do what the dogs do. Shit <clears> on, it's right there. Take, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> take a shit on shit Fred's on property. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why gotta, I put the camera there. I know. Yeah, so I got to be no. careful about that. It's a nut, it's it's wild how many people have cameras up there now, eh? Yeah. No, and the thing is, I don't do it for security, honestly, and I don't do it uh, for dog shit or anything. You know what I like doing? You know, I've done this over the years where there's, you know, live cams like on beaches or uh, famous places around the world where you can click on and see in real time what's going on. I just love sitting here and clicking on and looking out at my dock and the lake yeah I bet. puts me puts me in a nice place really um yeah you know you said that most people at one time i didn't know anyone really that had sort of door cameras or or remote cameras most people do now have come some kind of system where they can check in on their property or their homes here's a little tidbit 
that I was saving, but it's going to tie in. You know, uh, I have a a smart doorbell ring, you know, Mm -hmm. ring doorbells. Yeah. A lot of people have them now. Mm -hmm. Apparently, they pitched it on Shark Tank years ago, five years ago. Mm -hmm. They pitched it at a valuation of just $7 million, and all the sharks said no. Five years later, the company just sold to Amazon for $1 billion. (laughs) <laughs> turning turning the $700,000 value they they wanted $700,000 from sharks from the sharks for 10% of their company that would have made them $100 million. Oh boy, I'd love to see that show and and see why they declined. Mm. I I think yeah, me too, but I think my first reaction would have been because at some point years ago when that was being pitched you never really thought about, like, well, how popular is that going to be? Because, yes. you know, you couldn't have imagined that almost all of us would have some version of that, either in our homes, in our lakes, or lake properties, or some other place. It's like even the concept of smart homes. I remember years ago hearing about smart homes. Once a smart home, and then, you know, the idea of turning lights on and off at given times remotely and all that. And I'm, I remember the time thinking, okay, but why would you even want that? You know, just go in and turn the light on yourself or buy one of those timers at Canadian Tire. Not fully appreciating what exactly it meant at the time. Mm-hmm. Not, having, not having enough knowledge about the technology to really appreciate what it can do. And look at now, smart homes. It's unbelievable. What well, maybe that was their reaction. That maybe that was their reaction five years ago. They just couldn't see yeah. how it was going to be worth, you know, whatever those people were asking. But uh, I had a couple things I wanted to run by you from my weekend. Uh, one, obviously, golf related. Because mm-hmm. um, it was a pretty, yeah, it was pretty cool, but not bad. You know, it was, it's back to wearing pants a lot and uh, pants a lot. That's a great play. You ever seen Pants a lot? <laughs> Sir Pants a lot. <laughs> Have you guys seen Pants a lot? Speaking of plays, we got to talk about that U.S. Congresswoman getting a boob grab oh, and yeah, hand right. job. Have you seen the video, Dan? Yeah, I looked at the video. Yeah, I, I showed. I couldn't believe because I th- I was looking at the video thinking it was all about the hand job thing, and then I realized that he was actually like he was grabbing her, her breasts. Yeah, yes. he was doing that. He was doing a titty grab. So they go to a show. Okay, I'll, I'll put my golf thing aside for a second. They go to a show. It's, and now everyone knows the story. She's a congresswoman. She's a batshit crazy. Pretends Lauren Boebert. To, to, pretends to be a Christian mm-hmm. bullshit artist. But so she's in this play, a musical. Beetlejuice. So we all get bored in musicals. I, I mean, I, I just usually fall asleep. <laughs> um, and, and, and everyone thinks she got kicked out. Well, she did for vaping. There's a woman behind her who's pregnant and Lauren Boebert can't stop vaping. I'm assuming it's nicotine and you and she denies it. But then, of course, there's this video of it. But along comes because of the security cameras. We're we're talking about cameras. You see her. First of all, her boyfriend or whoever she's with starts rubbing her right breast. So she's on the left of him quite vigorously, quite, quite. Mm -hmm. You know, he's not just flicking it. He's like rubbing a titty. And then she leans over with both hands. Dan Duran. She leans over with both hands and starts just massaging his crotch area. This is a congresswoman who espouses all these family values, part of the Christian militia, the Christian fascism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Hilarious. You know, you know what her excuse was, by the way? I, I just get I'm carried away. I just get no. carried away. <laughs> I got carried away. <laughs> Where was it, by the way? Was that in New York or was that no, in, it was in Denver? I think it was in Denver. Yeah. In Denver. Yeah, so Denver. The, right in her, probably, you know, right near or at her constituency. Um, like that's a, that's something teenagers do. Yeah. You know what I mean? So this is a congresswoman. For adults to do that in a theater, it, again, it's so selfish because it would make people around them feel uncomfortable. It would. It would just be weird. Because it's not and, pitch black in those theaters. No. It's not like you're sitting there in dark. You know, it's a, it's a musical, oh. so you know, every, you know, it's it's not the audience is dimmed, but they're not in pitch black. Mm-hmm. People would have seen that. You can even see the pregnant woman has leaned forward a couple times and asked her to stop vaping. Mm-hmm. Vaping in a movie theater, in a in a um, yeah. theater theater or whatever. And how selfish is that? And this is your representative. It's like, you know, it just it just feeds into the. This country is headed. They're just heading for disaster. Yeah. With that whole mega movement, and um, and there will be people today, you know, evangelicals, religious people in Colorado that will defend her on some level somehow. Yeah, because at the very basis, she still represents what they want. Exactly. She, they you would know? say things like, "What would Jesus do if he was in a theater and got bored? He'd <laughs> yeah. grab, he'd grab Mary Magdalene's tit, and then but, smoke some sage." Like, that is such a statement on what she is all about. This is, again, it's like what Tina, how, like she's in her 30s. 36. Or 40? 36, 37, yeah. Like, it's just so immature and so selfish and so inconsiderate. All that stuff, the vaping, the yeah. groping. And then and she all gets that. hauled out and she's, you know, she's like yeah, all indignant. indignant. Thank you. Indignant. Uh, and she's, you know, talking about, do you know who I am? I'm going to call the mayor. Call the mayor and say what? I was vaping in your theater. Anyway, let's just, it's, hey, let's keep it light. It's just the beginning no, of the show. No, no, I know. But it, again, it, it's like they're just, it's, they're on this slippery slope. They're oh. sliding into the abyss here of, and it's just, it's not it's not losing any steam. If anything, it's no, gaining no. steam. Well, it's and again, weird. if we have time later, we can talk about the uh, Meet the Press interview that everyone should go and read. Uh, anyway, By the, way, that- uh, the, the boyfriend, his name is Quinn Gallagher. Yes, Quinn. Owns a bar. He owns a bar in Aspen, and uh, it's called the Hoochcraft. <laughs> Hoochcraft <laughs> no, I read about bar. this, yeah. Which also hosts drag shows. So he's a Democrat. Ho- yeah, he, he, it hosted, a, get this, his her boyfriend's bar, and of course he's all anti-trans, Hosted mm-hmm. among other things during Pride Week, a uh, drag show. Mm-hmm. It's not a dra- it's not regularly hosting drag shows, but it did host a drag show, and he's Democrat. That's why he grabbed her boob. Well, I, the I know the hypocrisy. Yeah, yeah. It just it's just it's supremo, man. There was like, another there was another somebody else from the Trump universe uh, speaking of hypocrisy. I can't remember their name, but they were. A big high up in his organization in the campaign has now found, been found out to be having an adulterous affair with somebody else. Oh, so? No, you know what I mean? Like, it's, but it's come out. So, anyway. The guy at the top's a convicted rapist. So, what, the right. Rest, what's grabbing a boob or a pecker? Grabbing a boob or a pecker. I'll tell you where they don't do that. 
They don't do that at the Bob Callahan Flower City community. Well, you they don't better know. better not. You, they you better. don't know what goes on in the change rooms there. <laughs> I don't know what goes on in the change rooms. Be like, rooms hey, Fred. I'm about to find out. Hey, Fred, me and the missus saw you and your wife. You want to come over for some real pickleball? <laughs> my, uh, my mom and dad, when they moved to sort of like an adult living place in Tottenham years mm. ago, the nickname of the place was Wrinkle City. And I was thinking maybe adopting that. Rather than saying the Bob Callahan thing, I'll just say I'm heading over to Wrinkle City today. Sure. Yeah. You know. <clears throat> or you could have a, a song. We built this community center on wrinkles. Uh, okay, so my uh, weekend, as you can imagine, had a little golf in it uh, and uh, several Spanish lessons. I took uh, some extra Spanish because I, I have this program that I... I signed up for about a month ago where they give you uh, 10, le- very cheap too, by the way, really cheap. It's a place called Worlds Across. And for basically, you get 10 lessons. You can, you can do them anytime you want with people all over the world. And I've settled in with this kid from Buenos Aires who's pretty funny. And uh, it's basically, if you, you do all 10 lessons, it's 10 bucks a lesson. It's 10 bucks an hour to have somebody tutor me. So I had a bunch of them. I had a couple, I threw in a couple extras because there was, you know, not much else going on. But uh, then Saturday, I played in my little weekly competition. There's about 40 or 50 guys. And why I say it's a competition is because there's no gimmies. There's no, like, that one's good. There's no screwing around. It's all by the rules, and then we all play for money. And uh, I had my lowest round of the year. What was it? 67. What? So I tied my lowest round ever at the golf course. 67? I played a fir- my first bogey-free round in... A long time, like not having a bogey in a round and uh, had a putt on the last hole. It's about 12 feet. And the thing is, I knew what it was for. It was kind of hard not to. And I said, uh, you know, just because I was for 66 and I thought, you know, just don't like dink it up there. And I got the ball to the hole. I didn't, you know, it could have gone in for the same amount of effort, but I almost shot 66. I'm Actually, to be honest with you, I could have shot 64 that day, but... It was 67, and uh, yeah, that was cool. It was kind of a cool feeling. Wow, I'd say. So that's by, by, by my golf course. That's five under par. What's that, Dan? You're all tuned up for your big, uh, big you've tournament got another today. another one tomorrow, don't you? No, I have tournament a tournament today and tomorrow. Oh. I am tuned up. My last three tournament rounds. My last three tournament rounds have been 72, 70, and 67. So I'm definitely trending in the right uh, direction. Wow. So, yeah, that was cool because a lot of times, as you both know from playing golf, a lot of the time, most of the time, golf isn't, uh, it's a great experience, but you don't get, you know, you're mostly losing. You're mostly not playing your best. You mostly have shit that goes south. And for about four hours and 20 minutes on Saturday, it all just, you know, they talk about athletes being in a, they, they call it the flow state. Like, I was aware of what was going on. But just every shot was just kind of like this own little thing. And I hit a lot of great shots and I made some great putts and got to the very end. The guys I was playing with, they was telling me after they were trying to keep the because we were all joking around with each other. And I I was, too. We're making fun of each other and joking and doing. And and they said to me after that they wanted to keep that going because it seemed to be relaxing me somehow because I was just having a good time. And then we got to the 18th tee and I just birdied the 17th hole. And now I'm like. You know, I know that, you know, I've got one hole to go and I'm going to shoot a pretty good number. And they were like, all they said to each other is just don't stop talking because, <laughs> you know, because sometimes it's like watching somebody do that. You kind of get a little uptight for them. 
And uh, yeah, then it was over. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, there's not too many people, hey, that even really good golfers that ever shoot in the 60s. Well, it occurred to me afterwards, afterwards that I'm 63, and that's the closest now. Because I, I did it last year. I shot 67 last year when I was 62. But I'm inching closer. That's the closest I've come to shooting my age, which is what I... Mm-hmm. My goal is to shoot my age in my 60s. That's my... By the way, in case I... That's, that's my decade goal. Because you know I have... Mm-hmm. Like, I have day-to-day goals. <laughs> no. <laughs> and that's my decade goal. And the older you get, the harder it will be to, to lower that number. So when do you think that could happen? Maybe, what, at 66, 67? Yeah, I mean, probably. it could. Probably. More, more, most likely. Because at some point, my skills are not going to be able to produce a, a round in the 60s. No. But that being said, you know, the last time I shot 67, it was like I sort of, it was I, not that I barely did it, but it was like a bit more of a struggle. Whereas on Saturday, I had a three or four putts that just lipped out. Could have easily, easily been, you know, 65 or 64. It was the closest I've come to shooting under 65. Anyway, um, but, but yeah, it was very exciting and everyone was excited for me. And, I, and it's a partner game, too. And my partner, who's a really good golfer, didn't have a good, good day. So we didn't, we didn't even win. Like, you know, there's, they, 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 you get paid. There's five spots that get paid, one through five. We, we, we finished out of the money. It's like, what do I have to shoot? Um, but here's where well, I want to... What did he shoot? In the 80s? No, no. He shot like 78, something like that. Hmm. But he's a really good player, so we didn't get any strokes. Here, here's where I wanted to go with this. So I'm driving home, and I wanted to ask you guys about this. Because I know the answer... Because I know that another... You two have never owned a, a motorcycle, have you? No. No. I've never ridden one, ever. Now, Dan, do you remember... I've ridden in- trail bikes on the ranch. Right, of course. I rounded the cows up with trail bikes. I remember that. I've done that with you. Um, yeah. But do you remember in Calgary, I had a small, like a Kawasaki 450-style bike, like a pretty small street bike oh, for, yeah. for a you, summer? That was when you were playing the, sa- the saxophone. Yes, I was time, going through yeah, my saxophone yeah. period. While driving a bike? Yes, that was a, very cool. <laughs> no, I, I just said this around the same time, but I had a bike for a summer. But I never, I, I hated driving it on the highways. It scared the shit out of me. Here's the reason I bring it up because I was driving home on Saturday and it was pretty, you know, it was pretty um, good traffic on the 401. And I saw a young guy with his girlfriend. Now, it wasn't one of those bikes like a Harley or a, you know, like a bike. What do they call it? Like, it was one of those bikes they call it a crotch rocket, you know, like a, mm-hmm. where, yeah. you're, where, where there's really not a ninja much, or something. Something like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and you don't often see people on the back of one of those. But I was driving along for quite a while with them near me, and you know, okay, full disclosure, I was looking at the girl's bum too. Okay, I can do both, but I started feeling um, nervous for them. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen, like, even when there's only one person on one of those bikes, it just always seems so unstable, especially. Mm-hmm. At the speed they're going, we're going 120-ish at this point on the 401 eastbound. And I'm next to these kids, and they can't be much more than their, you know, in their 20s. And she's riding up and on the back, right? You know where they sit there, Dan? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a stadium seating. Thank almost, you. Right? Exactly. It's, it's, it's uh, staggered. And, and she's just holding on to him. Like, it's so weird that the rest of us have to have seat belts. And if you don't, you get a fine. But the seatbelt on a motorcycle is just your arms around your boyfriend. 
That doesn't seem no, safe. No. In the news this morning, a motorcyclist dead after an early morning single vehicle crash on the 401. This is uh, in the last few days, 19 years old. And the reason, you know, sometimes, especially I notice on the 407, actually, because it's not as busy, you'll be doing 125, 130, and these bikes go by and leave you sitting. Leave you sitting. And I just say to Doll, like one little crack in the road or one little pothole and it's over like where do they get their balls like i i don't have the guts to do i wouldn't have the guts to do that you know i i sort of when i was watching these kids for a couple kilometers because they were here's what they were doing Mm -hmm. they were in the on the they were the kid the, the young man driving was was driving the lines in between cars Mm-hmm. Like he wasn't yeah. even in a lane. He was what? doing that thing. Yes, Dad. Mm-hmm. Oh, they doing that thing where they drive in between cars. And again, we're going one twenty-five. Could be one thirty. Yeah. And the, again, two things noticed really quickly. One, he wasn't in a lane. The other one was that stadium seating there, that graduated mm-hmm. seating that she was way up high on the back. And all I thought was the only thing holding her to that bike. Yeah, forget an accident. What you said about that's what I thought. What if they hit a, a a rut, or what if he has to switch lanes really quickly? She's flying off the fucking thing at 130 kilometers an hour. Yeah, I was so happy Danny never got sucked into that. We had a big field near us, and he always wanted a dirt bike. And Delise and I, because some of his buddies did, we were afraid to do it. Casey graduated to a motorcycle. How selfish is that? But. That was our mindset, and he never, ever did. Delise's brother always had a motorcycle, and he was in an accident about 15, 20 years ago, and he still suffers with a leg injury. Mm -hmm. He was on, like, a QEW and pulled out and hit the back of a truck or something, and just, again, it can happen so easy. You know, and then there's guys like our buddy um, Chris Emanuel and Chris Brown. They're they're middle-aged riders. You know what I mean? They're out for a... They, you know, they're up here in Caledon and all the back roads, just, you know, doing the speed limit and enjoying the experience. Best friend Dave has got a yeah. big, big bike, heavy bike. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if he's riding, an, I think it's an Indian or a, a motor, a Harley, but it's a yeah. big, heavy, thousands pound uh, machine. They at least look like they're stable. Like you're sitting yes. in and you're surrounded by it. It just looks like that, it, it, you know, that there's enough weight to the thing. And he and he's obeying all the, the laws. He's not right. doing. I'll tell you he's one thing. He's not going 140 k, and he's not driving on the on the lines in between lanes. Hmm. No, I I again, so often when I see these kids just booting by, you, they got to be doing 150. I know. You just want to catch up with them and call them over and say, "But like, where do you get that? Like, what's within you that?" You're not for one second considering the consequences. Not to be too old-fashioned. I'll go, I'll go ahead yeah. now. I was going to say two things about that. One is that I've been exactly like you, Fred, uh, on the 401. And uh, every time I drive into Toronto from Peterborough, there is one incident of some sort, of some wacky idiot driving. Mm-hmm. But I have actually been scared enough by a really loud bike like that mm-hmm. screaming by me when I'm doing 120. And scaring the shit out of me, mm-hmm. it's like like all of a sudden, it's like I want to, I, like I want to swerve, like what the, what that just happened there, and yes. then you realize. And the second part of that is that 
I hope I don't come on this this accident that's yeah. about to happen. Well, you what I was going to say, not to be too old-fashioned, but I wouldn't want my daughter or son to be the person on the back of that bike. Bingo. You know? Yeah. And that's what I... And again, I all this went by in my head as he was driving by me, and we were only next to each other for a couple of kilometers. I just thought, man... You know, whoever that kid is on the back, okay, nice bum. But but whoever that kid is, uh, man, I wouldn't want that to be mine. You know, and again, you took you look from the selfish standpoint. Again, it's not fair to other people on the road because as Dan just displayed, it's unsettling sometimes. And again, it puts you in a bad headspace when you see that because you start to think what might happen. It's so selfish from like you know those kids on those bikes putting their lives on the line they have people that love them they you know their mother and their father yeah. and brothers and sisters and in the blink of an eye to put your life on the line and and die because you're just being irresponsible isn't fair at all the people that care about you like i'm just i'm looking at this it was yesterday on the 401 near mccowan or something and it's or near markham road 19 years old you know, in the picture of the bikes there, and you see all the debris and stuff, and yeah. it's like, wow, snuffed out in a second. And again, you don't know, but I would love to know how fast he was going when that mishap happened. Well, the thing about that, whatever whatever kilometers you're going, whether it's the speed limit or not, even if you're going the speed limit, th- those bikes are so small and so fragile Whatever accident you're going to get into isn't going to be anything but fatal. I mean, I just don't see it. There's too many cars around, and there's too mm-hmm. much metal on metal and and whatever. Dan, we got to uh, get going here because uh, we've got some stuff coming up. But uh, there you go. That's uh, that's my weekend. Guy shot 67, and I uh, saw this thing going on. What a it! What a statement on the lives of humble and Fred. You shoot 67. <laughs> And I join a senior club. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, it's, uh, hey, listen. I was playing with other seniors. I was playing. Uh, there was some seniors in my. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, Dan Duran's news coming up. Brittle Star will be our guest, and uh, we're going to talk about electric vehicles. Interesting. Uh, inter- intriguing. Is the uh, UAWs? Uh, are they on strike? Did they go on strike? The auto workers. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's going to be... Because um, what's interesting to me about that is there's a, an EV component to it. And maybe Daryl uh, Croft can talk about that when we talk to him later. Something uh, to think about in terms of how much less it takes, how many less workers it takes to build a an electric vehicle. Anyway, Freddie, what else uh, are we going to talk about today? Well, it's an exciting week on the Humble and Fred show. It's uh, There will be a, an introduction. His name is Jay Bondi, and we're going to refer to him as Sherpa 2. Uh, Tim Niblett will not be on the show, and uh, Tim, as he sort of slides towards retirement, uh, uh, that doesn't mean, uh, you know, that uh, dimension of our show will disappear. No, it will not. Jay Bondi is Sherpa too, and he's going to come on the show this week and introduce himself and touch on a few subjects, uh, you know, and we'll get to know him and what he's going to provide for the show in the coming months and hopefully years. Uh, by the way, Tim is a portfolio manager, Raymond James, a member of the uh, Canadian Investors Protection Fund, and I'm sure Jay is too. So anyway, that's going to happen on Wednesday. We're going to meet Jay Bondi, Sherpa too. You're that much a part of me now. 
Okay, as well, uh, I'm going to have a chance to talk to our friend Tim Daniels from Boron One. Boron! Boron! Boron1.com. You want to talk about things that are going to make a difference in the world. Everyone thinks about lithium as part of the battery necessity to uh, the batteries that are necessary for EVs. But another aspect is boron. It's in everything. It's a huge part of EVs. In fact, it's difficult to comprehend the variety of uses boron in construction, manufacturing, medicine, science, microelectronics. I thought I'd say that quickly. Microelectronics, pharmaceuticals, telecommunications, and more. Some common applications of boron include glass production, insulation, fertilizer, silicon, LCD screens, stealth technology, heat shields, and medicine. And it can be found in automotive products as well. The idea is maybe get your uh, your people to look at this as a possible, you know, portfolio addition. Maybe Jay Bond will have a look. Uh, works in the uh, office of the retirement Sherpa. Maybe your Sherpa should look at boron1.com. Boron1.com, Freddie. Okay. Right on. Right on. Did you get that message I just sent you? Uh, okay, yes. Okay. I think we should, maybe. Oh. All right. All right. I don't know. Just not, I didn't know that it was uh, certain yet. But we're going to listen. We'll figure out. That we can figure out. Uh, did I mention that? Uh, well, here's something I wanted to play for you. I thought you'd find cute because you and I. Uh, mm-hmm. we, one of the very first times I heard this song I'm about to play for you was at the Horseshoe. It was two nights after the song debuted on Late Night with David Letterman. Mm-hmm. And it became one of the biggest songs this band had ever done. And one of the biggest songs at that time around the charts of the U.S. and Canada. Mm-hmm. But here's a version of it that you may find um, intriguing, interesting. Here we go. Oh, I couldn't tell you yesterday. Here, let me start it again because I've got about the. Here we go. Living room, I realize that's all my fault. I couldn't tell you yesterday you'd forgive me, but it'll still be two days till I say I'm sorry. Hold it now and watch the hood wink as I make you stop think. You think you're looking at Aquaman as I'm a bitch to the bitch, so I like a shallow bitch. Do you recognize it? Never touched a frying pan. Hot three days since the living room, I realize that's all my fault. I couldn't tell you. Recognize what? This song. No. Well, I gave you a clue. It's a bare naked ladies. It's one way fused. It's not the bare naked ladies, but it's a woman doing a version of one week by the bare naked ladies. Oh, is like, that? like it's a jazz song. Oh, okay. That's really cute. Where did Stewart go? I was about to admit him in here. Anyway, there you go. Here comes Stuart Reynolds. Yeah, I just found that. I'm like, oh, of all the versions I've heard of that song, that was very cute. Little palate cleanser here on the show. 
<clears throat> wow. Speaking of a palate cleanser, this is this is a, what an honor to welcome back to our program. Somebody that uh, you know what? Here's the, you know certain people. All they want is good. All they want to do is good. You know, he's got no agenda. He is. Uh, I don't know how he's how I don't know how this all got started, but I'll tell you, he's become Canada's. Uh, <laughs> he's taken over as Canada's social media sweetheart. You know, uh, please. Yeah. W- oh yeah, please welcome back to our program. Yeah, here we go. I think originally he wanted to be a musician. Like a lot of people, they're like, that's too hard. Uh, and now he has created a persona online, is followed by hundreds of thousands of people, including myself, and provides a daily, a daily respite from all the stinky, horrible things that happen in the world. Please say hi to Brittle Star, a.k.a. Stuart Reynolds. There he is. Good morning. Hey, Stu. How you guys doing? We're fantastic, Good. man. Do you think fantastic. that's do you think that's fair that I say that you're kind of a Canada's just, social media sweetheart? Well, yes. there's that. Yeah, <laughs> you can quote me, but yeah. there, like you know, you and I both uh, are on Twitter all the time, and there's so sure. much of it is just so. Sometimes I'm, after I'm finished, feel I feel like I want to have a shower. There's so yeah. much. Gro- it's gross, and people are shitty. But you yeah. have decided not to be any of those things. Was that conscious or that's just who you are? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that it's too easy to get caught up in this sort of instant outrage, right? You, Everyone feels like to be doing something, they, have, they better be angry about it. And you don't have to be angry about stuff all the time. You can be angry about things I mean, that can motivate you to do things. But in your actions, I mean, just get stuff done. Don't, don't, you know, there's no need to get freaked out over it. And so often it's cowardly. And uh, help me with this, fellas, because I'm not on that platform. Do you still call it Twitter or is it called X now? Like, what is the deal? I I don't know. But have you I've never called it anything but Twitter, even since he changed the uh, logo. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, no, I still call it Twitter for sure. I remember back in the day uh, when he still owned PayPal and he was touting X.com. He's going to turn PayPal into X.com. And mm-hmm. it just never happened. And I just, I think I'm, I mean, I love the platform itself. Like the, the format of the platform is really great. And it's, it shows you like with threads, how they're still trying to catch up to what Twitter has in place already. Um, and I think uh, I'm just waiting patiently for Mark Cuban to buy it. That's basically yeah. it. Well, and, <laughs> yeah. and to be clear, threads is Instagram's version yeah. of Twitter. I don't, Fred, I still call it when you were talking about going to the game the other night, I still call it the Sky Dome. I mean, I I catch oh, yeah. myself, but I rarely call it Rogers Center, right? And a lot of people just say the Dome as right. well. Um, but you know, uh, you mentioned that uh, you know social media and uh, uh, X or Twitter, and it's like so much of uh, social media and the new technology. It it could be so wonderful mm-hmm. ideally, and then you know, so many people take it south. And turn it into what? What did you say, Howard? Uglier? Well, it whatever. gets ugly, and and, and that's why I, I was I'm, I'm partly being facetious. I was trying to f- find something to say about you that maybe you haven't heard. But I, I do. One of the reasons when I first came across your account before we had you on the first time, whenever that was, a couple of years ago, you just seems to you seem to have made a decision that that how you want to go is being funny, clever. But also a little bit, you've made a choice to be for 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 good over evil. 
<laughs> well, it's it's easy to be critical and um, hard to be clever. You know. There's also way less money in Clever, I'll have you know. <laughs> well, we wouldn't know, Stuart, because we've just been, we've tried, our, our, our side of the street is just immature and stupid. Right. <laughs> Where the money is, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, that was clever yeah. of you. That was the cleverest thing you've done. That was fantastic. Yeah. Well, yeah, no. you have figured it out. I mean, you know, I think the last time we talked about your origin story and how you've grown the account. But just before we get into, you know, because I've been curious about how people make money doing this, but are you on some of the other platforms? I know you're huge on Twitter X. Are you on Instagram and TikTok? Yeah, everything. I think it's it's one of those things where I think that if you want to, uh, you don't have to be active on all the social media platforms all the time, but I think it's important to kind of stake your claim and protect your brand. Uh, so I don't want someone on some other platform, you know, showing up as brutal star and saying terrible things and all that kind of stuff. So it's important for me to kind of be there and, and stick my hand in that, in that pie as it were. Well, let me ask you on any given day, how much of your day is spent with your nose in a device? (laughs) Seriously. And how does this this affect your relationships with your family? (laughs) Uh, I, it's, a lot. I mean, I spend a lot of time online for sure, but I've, I mm-hmm. think I've, I've learned to be fairly efficient about it so that I'll mm-hmm. check in on things and zip, 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 check notifications, check the trending tabs, all that kind of stuff, and then move on from there. Um, but I mean, it's easy to get, to, I mean, cause it's a never ending scroll culture, right? It's yeah. like there's always, there's like a constant fear of missing out mm-hmm. that uh, you have. You feel like you have to scroll to the next story, which just, I mean, right down to like I started on Vine uh, six second videos and then it was about creating content that was longer, that was more important. You can create longer content. This is amazing. This is really great. And I've noticed the trend switching back now on Instagram specifically to like videos under 10 seconds do better than any other video. Mm. Um, and I think it's literally just a case of like get to the point what's the punchline well, you know don't mm-hmm, bore us get mm-hmm. to the chorus let's get out of here that type of thing i want to ask uh, how much of your day is spent in create in creation mode how often i mean in the brittle star em- empire do you ha- <laughs> do you do you have a sort of uh plan for the week in f- in, in a five-day period you're going to put out two or three videos or something or other like i'm creating new content every week no i mean there really isn't i mean i think i've i've tried desperately over the like i've been doing this full time over the past 10 years and i've tried desperately at times to create a schedule and to create some sort of you know routine and normality but uh normalcy but i mean it's it's really hard to do because there's little things like I think especially the type of content that I'm trying to create is pretty current events based, pretty zeitgeisty based and all that kind of stuff. And I think that uh, like sometimes there are days when I have a great idea for a piece of content. And I go, ah, there's been another terrible mass shooting in the U.S. Maybe I'll hold off for today. That type of thing. Well, you can't keep. Well, doing you got to hold day. off every day. <laughs> it literally. I mean, that's so sad, but it's so literally true. I remember yeah. the first time thinking, oh, I can't post this because there's been a terrible thing that's happened in the U.S. And then, uh, and then I was like, oh, I, will, I will apparently never post a video again if I <laughs> wait for that. You're done. Yeah. But when you, when you you know spend a lot of your day again looking at devices, I mean, this is it's your job, so you have mm-hmm. to. Yeah. But that that and again, even if it's your job, that fear of missing out thing again, that's sort of the reason that I dumped a lot of it because yeah. I found it obsessive and it was like 
you know, you sort of got to channel it. How much of this do I have to do for my job and be aware? And how much of it am I just getting sucked into the next thing, the next thing, the next thing? But with you, it's in what you do. It's pretty much exclusively what your job is. You say you do this full time now. Yeah, this is what I've been doing full time for the past 10 years. So what are the actual revenue streams that? So, I mean, there's a there's a few of them for sure. Uh, I mean, things like the big one for us is branded content. So mm-hmm. I'll get approached by a brand and they'll say, hey, can you do a video and can you kind of include our brand in that video, which is really great because mm-hmm. they're not saying necessarily go make us a commercial. They're saying do what you do, but make it about us. Um, and if the brand aligns, I mean, I've been fortunate enough to be like able to be a little bit picky and choosy about the brands that I work with. And, you know, usually if I'm working with a brand, it's because I feel like I can trust the brand or I feel like I can, I can bridge that trust between who watches me anyway and the brand. And, um, you know, so that's, that's the main revenue stream. Then of course there's monetization as well, which was, which used to be a bigger thing than it is now. It's much less than it used to be. Uh, and then also there's things like, you know, like, uh, speaking gigs and stuff like that. Right. So it's, it's, I remember asking, like, when I was 17 or 18, there's a person that I know who's an incredibly successful artist and a multi, multi-millionaire. And uh, I remember saying to them, you know, like, how do you how do you make money? And this is kind of at the beginning of their their career. And they said to me, I have my fingers in many, many pies. Mm -hmm. And that's basically it. That's that's the truth to it. Let's listen to a little branded content. Uh, This is a, a, a partnership with Clorox. Let me give there's a make an adjustment wow. here. Let me turn this off. Hang on. Deep cut. Deep oh yeah. Cut. Uh, this is uh, you doing a basically it looks like a commercial. Yeah. And, and you would have shot this, produced it, all of mm-hmm. it. Okay. Mm-hmm. What's wrong? It's the weekend. Bored. Nothing to do. Why don't you invite some friends over and play some video games? The basement is a mess. Remember when you beat me in B-ball 2K18? You know I can't focus in a room that dirty. I think you know how you can make this better. A clean basement sets the stage for total domination. I guess you're right. <laughs> By the way, is that one of your actual kids? Yeah, that's our youngest son, Gregor. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, he's good. He's very successful yeah. on social media. Can I join in? But we're having fun. It's not fun about hanging out with your old dad. Okay. <laughs> I just thought it'd be fun if I played some video. So, uh, yeah, this, so, and I think you involve your family in a lot of your content. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, back in the, when we started this whole thing, as I probably mentioned before, like we were fiscally in dire straits. And when we had a little bit of success and a, a whiff of success from social media, it was like, all right, kids, we've struck oil in the backyard in the social media oil field. So everyone's get their helmets on. Let's go. We're all, this is what we're doing now. <laughs> That's right. We're all uh, going to work in the family it, business. Exactly. If you guys enjoy eating and shelter, this is what we're doing. So, uh, and that's, that kind of, I mean, our oldest son, Owen is very much an audio and music and stuff. And he's, you know, he does, well, he's like an award-winning podcast producer and stuff. And our youngest is, uh, Gregor is uh, very successful on social media. He's, he's happy to keep doing the center of attention thing. So, mm. well, what you said a couple of minutes ago, significant, you said they approach you like, mm-hmm. When yeah. does that sort of tipping that point happen? Well, that's what I mean. Obviously, a lot of people trying to get, you know, be successful through social. You approach people to pitch stuff. Like, at what point do they start approaching you? I mean, that's pretty cool. I, well, I mean, I've been really fortunate. Um, I don't think I've ever done a piece of branded content that I pitched 
Mm, to a brand or an agency that's always been the agency of the brand that's come to us which is a terrible way to run a business by the way uh because you can go for like months with nobody contacting you but then they contact you and you're like all right i'm in um but i mean (laughs) it's uh it's it's i think that's one of the weird things about social media as a medium is that it's a very uh, intimate medium. It's very, they're holding you in, your, in their hands. They're listening to you on the bus with headphones. They're in bed. They're in the bathroom or whatever. And I think that that trust is where the brands and agencies, you know, they, they, they see tremendous value in that. And they're right. I mean, they're totally right. And that's why I try to be choosy about it. It's like, I don't want to do something where I think I'm not doing this. Why am I yeah. pushing this crappy brand on somebody? And, and you know also, I mean? as far as being on brand, because when, you know, I'm definitely more active on social media, but, the, you know, I'm, I'm active. I curate it quite specifically. I'm big on Twitter with a bunch mm. of people that follow golf and golf related subjects. Right. Yeah. Yes, I follow some accounts like you for, you know, some comedic accounts and then I follow some political accounts. So I right. can kind of curate my experience. But But I'm getting to this point about you curating your brand. The reason that companies are attracted to it is because every time I get a brittle star notification of a new piece of content, I kind of know what to expect. It's not like you're going to (laughs) go off on some kind of crazed, you know, screw everybody. <laughs> and people are like, like, what happened to, what happened to Brittle Star? Why is today? he so angry? Why now? is he saying the F word? Exactly. Well, he does. Brittle Star, the kids, Brittle Star does say the F word. Yes. Occasionally. Yes. Uh, actually quite a few times in one sentence. Um, it's, you know, it, it's, but it is, it's about that idea. I mean, I'm the McDonald's of the social media content, except slightly healthier. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's that idea. But, you know, it's such a great concept, again, them approaching you. So you approach or you produce, say, that Clorox thing. Yeah. It's a longer thing, too. Is it 90 seconds or 60 seconds? I think that was like 90 seconds. That was pretty commercially. Yeah. Yeah. But the cool thing about you produce it, I guess, at your expense, ultimately, they would pay you, which would Mm -hmm. cover some of that. But they're getting a commercial, per se, produced for fractions of pennies on the dollar oh yeah to what they would spend if they had to go to some traditional absolutely commercial production house and it's just another indication of how the (laughs) it's changing the world is changing yeah absolutely i mean i think obviously you know it depends on the level of production you're doing Mm -hmm. if people hire me if a brand or an agency hires me to do a piece of branded content they're not going to get a TV commercial f- for a variety of reasons and in a variety of ways, meaning the first most prominent is that mm-hmm. uh, there's a broadcast uh, perspective that you have in commercials. I'm being entertained. This is happening on a stage and mm-hmm. I'm separate from I'm behind the fourth wall, whereas with social media, there's much more like I'm part of the scene and yes. it's a very different type of production. And, you know, that's uh, mm-hmm. things like, like the Clorox ad. Is was really fun to film. It was filmed really well by a, a friend of our oldest son, who mm-hmm. uh, Josh Cooper, who's an amazing videographer and cinematographer, and uh, he did a great job of it. But it's very, very commercially. It's very, very. If it's too slick, it doesn't work. It can't be too slick mm-hmm. because it loses that authenticity. It loses that sort of you know sense of sincerity and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, well, there's a fine line between looking like it was shot on somebody's phone and edited yeah. shittily to what the... Yeah. And that's why I'm saying that Clorox thing is was was an example of... It It looks like it was professionally done unprof, mm-hmm. unprofessionally. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's because I edited it. Exactly. Well, but you know what I mean? It, it still <laughs> oh, has, I mean. It still has mm-hmm. your charm to it. Uh, yeah. You know, we're uh, one of the reasons we wanted you to come back. Obviously, we're going we're to get to your book in a second. But I actually, before I, I knew about the book as I follow you. I was part of uh, the, the Brittle, Brittle Star Zeitgeist. But I, I was, one of the things I played on the show a couple of weeks ago was just your uh, I would call it a rant, but your yeah. um, thing about, you know, not every not every social media post is about you. Yeah. And I thought it was really smart. It was funny, but I thought it was smarter than it was funny. I just thought the whole concept of everyone reacts to every post on social media like it has something to do with them. And it doesn't. <laughs> Just no. let it go. You know, you don't have to. Yeah. You don't have to swing at every pitch. I just thought it was very, very clever. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. Thank you. It's true, though. I mean, I think that you're right with social media because it's such a personal medium and it's such an intimate medium. I think that people feel like everything is directed at them, and sometimes it is, but rarely it is. Usually, mm. it's just to someone like you is the idea. Um, and I mean, to me, it's always like thinking of it as uh, going into a crowded pub or a crowded bar. And social media is the equivalent of being able to hear every single person clearly. Mm-hmm. And, you you know, in a pub or a bar, you don't have to respond to things. You just, just by choice don't. You listen, I'm listening to this person and that's it. I don't have to listen to the people two tables down. But on social media, you do. You, you see those and hear those conversations. But you just have to train yourself to be more desensitized to mm-hmm. it, which usually seems negative. But I don't think it's negative at all. Oh, I just thought that uh, post here was very apt. The uh, book is called, I've referenced the book as well, Welcome to the Stupid, you, you do it. Welcome to the Stupid Apocalypse, Survival Tips for the Dumb Again. I love it. I always think I'm going to say it, or Stupid stupid Apocalypse wrong. Yeah, so yeah. Give us an idea of what this is, and uh, first of all, it's a great title. Because we are, well, we you. are in the stupid apocalypse. <laughs> it's we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the book is it's a collection of essays that are kind of in the same format as the the videos. I would do the direct to camera videos. I would do, and it talks about politics, Canada, the U.S., marriage, kids, technology, all that kind of stuff. Um, it's a book for people who don't have time to read books. It's also, uh, you know, to me, it's it's less about pointing the finger at a specific group of people and saying they're stupid. And it's more about gesturing wildly at everyone and everything and saying this is stupid. And I think that's really, really important. It's one of the, the things that we've kind of lost because of social media specifically is this idea that you can be right or wrong. And it's like, you know what? You might be the stupid one in this. So maybe step back mm-hmm. and listen to someone who's smarter than you and uh, and base that decision on other decisions they've made. And, and, you know, verifiable reasons to think that they might be smart. Um, so it's it's I mean, I hope it resonates with people. I hope it's funny. I hope it's I hope people enjoy it. And uh, yeah, it was it was a treat to do. It was a treat. It's amazing how many people are willing to die in a hill of uh, misinformation too. Oh so that's what turned me off. It was like somebody reads a story that is not true. There's no yeah. basis for it. But because they want it to be true, then it's yeah. in their mind, it's true. And then they argue. the Anyway, yeah. you guys know what I'm talking about. And I mean, that really makes you look stupid. Well, it's literally like being in that crowded bar and having some guy come up to you and say, you know, I heard the vaccines are aren't real. <laughs> and, and you're like. Okay, buddy. Good to see you. Yeah. Take care. <laughs> Stop breathing in my fish and chips. Yeah, exactly. I know a, a great in, you know, back in 2008, the early stages of um, social media, you know, Barack Obama used it for good because mm-hmm. 
he spread the word about what he was all about. And now you look, here we are in 2023, and how the creep, the orange pig, is using it for all the opposite reasons. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Spread sure. misinformation, spread yeah. evil. And that's just such a comparison to how it's evolved from 2008 to 2023, just from that standpoint. I find it interesting with uh, politicians, which is a huge red flag for me all the time. Politicians who say, I can use social media to talk directly to you. I don't have to go f- get filtered by the <laughs> mainstream media. And it's like, I think you might need a filter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think you might need that. You could get an extra large filter. Yeah. yeah well, and, right. that's, and that's the thing, too, that we have become mm-hmm. desensitized mm-hmm. to how, how much nonsense we will allow out of people's faces now mm-hmm. because of the fact that it's coming through our computers. I mean, really, mm-hmm. some of the things, and Freddie and I, you may not know this about us, but... We have a bit of a thing about Trump. We talk about Trump quite a bit to the point where maybe some of the audience is like, oh, no, not Trump again. But we, we just can't get away from the fact that it's historical. It's unprecedented. Yeah. Yeah. But even he aside, Theo Fleury, all these accounts were like, yeah, the vaccine makes aliens come out of your asshole. I mean, yeah. and, and then but people follow it because, as my older brother, who's way smarter than me, has said, you know, people are people have chosen a tribe to be in. And whatever yeah. comes out of that tribe's uh, newsletter, they're like, sure, sure, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I mean, to me, it's like a, I think a lot of the people that are falling for a lot of disinformation and misinformation. It's like it's. It, I think it's just reflective of the of the the fact that people are new to online world. I think this it reminds me of being on the internet like back in the CompuServe days and going to uh, mess, message boards and stuff. And someone would post some sort of weird conspiracy theory. You go, oh, I don't know, maybe it's right. I'm not sure. Maybe <laughs> it could be. Uh, whereas, like, you get past a point, you do become desensitized and hopefully we keep getting desensitized like pushing through that that bad part of it into the good part where we can realize that you know this this is just well good for you for thinking that but you sound like a moron right um so it's 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 just about picking and choosing and trying to be selective about the information you're taking in and then also verifying it this notion that you can people can go direct to you and and tell you the truth well that's just garbage that's like saying to someone listen i had a big fight with our mutual friend Listen to my side of the story. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about theirs. Just I'm going to talk directly to you and just trust me. And it's like, can I? I don't know. You know, and there's people that have no morals or no or care about their country. Um, you know, some of these far right wing guys in the United States, they don't believe what they write. They don't believe no. what they say. They just look. There's 300 million people. There's so many million people that will buy into this shit and might mm-hmm. buy my book or might subscribe yeah. to my thing. Sure. If I can get five million of those people. Yeah. Not yeah. even five million. If I can get a couple of million of those people giving me two dollars a month. Sure. I'm yeah. going to be a very rich man. So I don't care if it's true or not. If I yep. can just read, there's a market there. There's mm-hmm. a market of dummies out there, and I'm going after them. And I don't care if my country suffers for it. I don't care if my family suffers for it, whatever. Yeah. They, think, they just go after it. I think it's, you know, it's, it's the, and this is discussed in my book, which you can buy as of tomorrow. Mm. Um, but that, it's, I'm it's, sorry, uh, is that the book? Welcome mm. to the Stupid Cobblers. <laughs> exactly. Stupid Cobblers. The survival of the dumb genin. If you say that to any bookstore, they'll know exactly what you mean. Yeah, the survival of the dumb genin. 
<laughs> but I think it's, you know, it, it reminds me of going back like in it, it, it. Well, first of all, it's about, it's about politics being two things. Politics is there's the actual service to the public. And that's the good part of politics, that people will debate things, what's best for the public and all that kind of stuff. That's a good thing. Uh, but then there's the aspect of politics, which is just about winning. And it's just the game. It's just they don't care. They just want to win. And I think that the the caveat there is that, you know, you think back to 2016 in the U.S. specifically and, you know, you're right. They say anything, do anything, uh, turn keys and poke, push those buttons so to get people on your side. Um, but the problem with that is that if you try to – if you're content with building an army of idiots, what you end up with is an army of idiots. Mm-hmm. They, they eventually turn on you and they eventually don't – they don't follow you because mm-hmm. someone else is louder or someone else is shinier. And uh, that's just the part that, that drives me insane, drives me nuts. Yeah, uh, you know, I've said that we, we've had we should have we should have you on uh, as one of our contributors because we talk about this where and, and I've said this to Freddie and then the sad thing about, yeah, I'm going to say Trump followers or the right wing, the MAGA movement. The sad thing is and I do have empathy for those people uh, sure. because they're the ones they're they're the ones being duped. And they're also the ones that would most benefit that would most benefit from a more socialist agenda. And yet they vote against their own best self-interest because of the nonsense they're being fed by the fake billionaire, not the fake news. Oh, my God. I mean, there's a whole, uh, you know, train of thought that says, well, I might be rich one day. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, you might be, but you're yeah. not currently. And chances yeah. are you won't be. Oh, no, it's not the American dream. It yeah. is. It's totally the American dream. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's, well, it's what, bad. One other thing, too, you know, this meta thing where they've blocked Canadian news now mm-hmm. on Facebook. And I actually think that's a good thing. <laughs> so, so did I. I think it's a good thing because the th- when you're on social media, you're not quite sure what's true or what's not because there's even been articles under banners of legitimate news sources that are fake themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know totally. what I mean? They, they've been totally whatever. I think the thing now where you have to take that next step now to get the real news. To verify go to CTV, it, yeah. Go to CTV News. Go to yeah. whatever, CBC News. Now, you know that's the truth as far as the truth can be but you know sure. what i mean i, I, I well no yeah, but at I least it's from a, yeah, yeah at least you know if you're going to ctv news there's mm-hmm. a pretty good chance that that flood they're talking about actually happened yeah, yeah. exactly mm-hmm. there's some accountability there exactly That's the key, right is that accountability and you know that if someone at ctv or at cbc or cnn or wherever has said something it's it's like well if they're outright lying, this might come back and bite them in the ass. It's so, been vetted on some level. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. You know, I, exactly. as I had this conversation with somebody yesterday who's going out, he works most of the year in the States, most of the winter anyway. He was talking about, you know, this, the problem with the States. I said, well, the, the biggest the biggest piece of genius that Donald Trump ever wrought upon the land was getting is introducing the idea that news could be fake. Because, mm-hmm. yes, listen, Freddie sure. and I, we've been doing this a long time. You know, and that that idea that you couldn't trust. I mean, it's part of an old playbook, you know, Nazis. But yeah. it's, it's part of an old playbook. <laughs> but it is uh, just the, the distrust of the the the, the state media is yeah. is pretty brilliant. It is. I mean, it's it's a, you're right. It's the oldest play in the book. It's that idea of saying, listen. 
you're going to hear some stories about me, but don't trust them. Those That's stories right. are fake. Those stories are terribly <laughs> fake. They're lying to you about everything. And as soon as you kind of half buy into that, oh, yeah. nothing is real then. Nothing is verifiable. And everything's a lie. But then you'd, all you have to do to get out of it, I think, is to take a step back, take a deep breath, and go, why? Why would people do this? And then also how? I think it's it's the idea of, you know, uh, well, the moon landing was faked and it was just a conspiracy of a bunch of people who've kept their mouths shut for, you know, 60 years. It's like, really? Do you think that many people would keep their mouths shut? Have you tried to plan a surprise party? Have you tried to do anything? <laughs> you can't. Like, people are idiots and people are stupid. And you can. that's one of the things you can trust is the stupidity of people because, you know, they're fallible. They're going to do dumb yes. things. And that sometimes is going to keep us in check, which is good. You know, it's like falling down. I often falling into a YouTube rabbit hole. Once you get on a certain subject, it just keeps giving you that stuff. Sure. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not saying anything that anybody doesn't know, but that's what happens to these people. They just they want so bad, even if it's untrue, they want it to be true. They get on that and then they're just taken down this path of more bullshit, more bullshit, more bullshit. Yeah. It's just so unhealthy. And that's why, you know, my my older brother, who's a psychologist, had a great take a couple of years ago on the show about how once you're once you buy into a certain dogma or dogmatic Mm -hmm. way of thinking to walk back from that. That's why this MAGA movement or any movement really is like a cult, because once you're in it, if you did discover that the emperor, you know, wasn't wearing, you know, didn't have new clothes like when here's let's use Trump. If it turns out that he did all these things, they still won't believe it because what not because of what it says about him, but because of what it says about them. Nobody wants to find out they've been duped. Yeah, you. I think you have to find a way to save face for people, and I'm not sure exactly how to do yes. that. I think you need to you need to be able to let people because it'd be mortifying to find out if you firmly believe something, and then it's like, no, it's like it's like mm-hmm. seeing someone have a crisis of faith or something, and it's like you know this is their whole world and their whole belief system has to be rebuilt from the ground up. That doesn't sound fun. No, nope. sounds terrible. <laughs> nope. <laughs> and that's why when you see the, the I, I follow these guys. I'm sure you've seen them, the good liars when they talk. These two funny guys that will talk to people outside a Trump rally and they'll stump them and you can see the look on their person. And again, I feel, I feel for these people sure. because they're not the best and brightest. And so, and, but the last thing they want to be feel is that they've been taken in. No one likes that feeling. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'll tell you what, if you're looking for uh, entertainment, we recommend welcome to the stupid thing and, <laughs> and survival. It's not hard. Stupid apocalypse. There you go. Survival tips for the dumb again. Uh, I'm trying to make your point for you. Um, yeah. Just just on that, though, because uh, Freddie and I have been involved in literature. Um, we've Pumping on a book is not the most lucrative uh, no. form, and especially for somebody that has already got partnerships and such. Uh, is this available only in Canada or will it be released in the States as well? It's it's actually being published by Postal Press, which is Simon & Schuster in the U.S. Uh, they're one of their imprints. So it's an American publication. Excellent. Uh, you'll greatly wow. enjoy being politi- you know, politicos. I think you'll enjoy the fact that fellow authors include uh, Lauren Bobbert on that label. Oh, nice. And, yeah. and uh, Handjob Lauren uh, Bobbert. <laughs> and, and the ghost of Herman Cain. So, Excellent. Yeah. Well, listen, man. Uh, you know, we, it's been a while since we've asked you to be on the program, but if we were to reach out, say, in a less, uh, like in, a, in the next month or so, just to next, because sure. here's the thing, over the next year, definitely, we're going to be talking a lot about the uh, thing in the U.S., the Orange Beast, yeah. and all kinds of stuff. If, uh, if it's not too inconvenient, we'd love to have you come back. Absolutely, man. I'd love to. 
Well, you're a very nice person. We wish you luck Thanks, with your uh, book. It's Brittle Star, if you follow him, uh, as I do, on all the social platforms. And his new book is called Welcome to the Stupid Ocalypse. See? I fucked it up. Stupid Apocalypse Survival. I was, and I was going to do it good. Survival tips for the dumb again. All the best with it, my friend. Take care. Thanks so much. Take care, guys. Okay, pal. I've told you, you know, with uh, Booby Billy. Yes. So Booby Billy has a social media following on Instagram. Close to, I don't know, the last time, like 300,000, <laughs> 280,000. Wow. And the partnerships, like, if you scroll through it, if anybody else wants to look at it, it's for just fascinating sake. Yeah, I'm, I'm the dog's grandpa, but it's booby underscore Billy. And if you just look at the names that are associated with the dog, the dog account, Old Navy, Nordstrom's, Nike. I told you that Nike is doing a partnership with Charlie. Where they're going to put Booby Billy's face on 80,000 t-shirts. Mm-hmm. Like, it's insane. Yeah. No, I know, and it's... Uh, you made the point, or Stu made the point about, you know, when he produces that stuff. Looks professional, but you don't want it to look too professional. Exactly. Don't want to be... Well, don't want to look don't too... Wanna... too for him, especially. Because his whole thing is he's just kind of like the everyman. Well, that's... In all seriousness, that's what revolutionized the porn industry. Yes, the amateur. The amateur. Um, <laughs> Stu, Stu's gonna love when, when he when he listens back. When he listens back to this, he's gonna love this. It'll be like we've gone from brittle star to uh, you know brittle something. But it really took off online oh, yeah. when people just started contributing the amateur stuff that people could relate to, and I totally get that as far as you know products online and produce the way he did. Again, you know it's. It's a cut above, but still, as you said, you still get the impression that this is somewhat homegrown. Yeah. And how great is that for these companies if they can just approach people and have it produced and then decide whether they want to use it or, you know, it's you talk about cutting costs and getting your message out. I mean, I saw numbers again last week as far as like the the networks here in Canada. The money they're losing to online advertising is staggering. Oh yeah, like there's no future in it for them. Like they got to figure it out, and for those reasons, because the online stuff costs a fraction, and you get your message out to way more people. Uh, well, and even if it's not way more um, in terms of the cume. It's way yeah. more of the people you're targeting it to. Yes. Because if, you know, okay, so in, in Brittle Star's case, let's say he's got 160000 on Twitter and then maybe all the rest add up to two fifty. So he's got 250,000 people that are going to see that message, but it's Clorox who are looking for sort of middle-aged, you know, uh, family types, et cetera, et cetera, whatever the, the psychographic is. And that commercial he produced, as you just said, mm-hmm. you know, it looks like, you know, again, as I said to him, it looks slick, but not too slick. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't cost 500000 to produce. It costs pennies. And they get, that's why they, I, mean, I didn't want to get into what, they pay, what they're paying him. But I'll just say this. I know what they're paying Charlie. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's pretty good money, but it's not what it would cost him if they had to buy it on TV oh, and no produce way. it in a studio. So they save all that money, and it goes. That's why when when we first met him about how do you make a living, well, I know how he makes a living now. Well, you know, 
you look at it this way. You've got a million dollars to spend. Do I spend it on CTV, prime time? Right. Or do I take that million dollars and spend it exclusively online, targeting exactly who I want this message to get to? Well, you know who's winning that battle nowadays? <laughs> online. Well, yeah, because, you know, I guess, you know, we, we talk about advertising on this program. And we're always open for advertising. And when we talk to people about what they can get is we say, hey, listen, we, we don't we don't have the cum that we had at one time on the edge. You know, we don't have quarter hours of one hundred and twenty thousand people. But what we do do is we have a sizable audience for the Internet. By the way, just, you, you, you don't pay attention to this much as I do, but we've been in and out of the top 200 on iTunes. Mm-hmm. When we come back and produce new shows, we're always in the top 200. So we can right. say to an agency, look, here's the, the space we're in, and here's the kind of audience we have. So it, it's so much cheaper for them to advertise with us than to say, you know, buy a radio station. Mm-hmm. So what we're saying to you, advertisers, drop all your radio ads. Come over here to Humble and Fred. And you'll hear, hey, if you're one of our advertisers, you're going to hear, you're going to hear Fred Patterson. Yeah, Fred Patterson. And he's going to be talking about this. The Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan. Canada's yes. Number one group benefits plan for small business. Yes, if you have a small business, you can have a benefits package. Go to chamberplan.ca today and find out what it's all about. And I know, you know, off the top, you think, oh, uh, you can't afford it. Well, you can, because all these small businesses get together. They have the profile of a big business. Then it makes purchasing insurances uh, doable. And... um, then you might worry about, well, okay, then I buy in and then the premiums will go up and up and up like everything else in the world. Well, you can look at the history. They've done a great job of holding the line on premiums. With this in mind, small business can't absorb huge increases. So, again, it's part of the plan to keep it affordable for small business. Uh, there's all sorts of products available, different levels that you can buy into. Uh, but, again, your employees will love you for it, you know, dental and medical and the basic stuff's available. And you can take it from there and buy uh, higher levels of coverage. Um, but you got to do your research. you got to go to chamberplan.ca and find out exactly what it's all about. You can get a free quote today for crying out loud. So do it. Go to chamberplan.ca. You know, earlier in the show, when you uh, introduced us to the uh, Bob Callahan Flower City Community Outreach Center. No senior center. (laughs) (laughs) When you introduced us to the Geezer Community Center, uh, you talked about... Wrinkle City. (laughs) (laughs) You talked about getting stretched. Now, I know your son has done this, and uh, I have as well. Gone to stretchlab.com, stretchlab Toronto, opening up locations all over the city. And I can tell you, it really does make a difference. Reducing muscle and joint pain. How about that? Just that alone. Also, increase range of motion and flexibility, as well as improve your sports performance and posture and stress reduction. Sounds pretty good. And you can experience right now $59 for a 50 minute assessment and stretch. 
by a stress stretchologist. These people are, for the most part, kinesiologists and uh, physios that have been hired. And it's a pretty um, reasonable price. Check it out yourself at stretchlab.com. Now, we don't normally have guests on Monday. Maybe you know our schedule. We don't normally do it. It's usually just me and Freddie and Dan. But I uh, will not be here tomorrow. Um, I only have, uh, I'm only missing two more days, tomorrow and I think next Tuesday, for uh, golf-related engagements. And then um, I have a tournament, I think, in the first week of October. And after that, I'm going to, uh, that's it. That's the end of the tournament season. I've decided to sort of calm it down a bit. Even when I go to Mexico, I'm going to Mexico in uh, November to see my friend. And my brother and his uh, girlfriend, Julieta. I got to tell you, did I tell you about Julieta's got the dengue fever? What the hell is that? She's got the dengue fever, man. What is that? I'll tell you about that in a second. Anyway, I'm actually going to bring my clubs, but I may not, you'll be surprised, I may not golf every day, Freddie. Oh. We shall see. No, no, I'm serious. Mm-hmm. Well, no, that's good. <laughs> I'm going to just maybe take and go once a week and maybe just, you know, just go, just go easy for a while. That old body of yours could only take so much torque. <laughs> That's right. I, mean, I want to save it for the other kind of torquing. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I thought I told you this a couple of weeks ago when uh, Juliet went no. back to school. I no. uh, just got happened to be unlucky enough to get bitten by a, whatever kind of fly. And, and then she started feeling pretty sick oh, Jesus. and went to the doctor and she got dengue fever. I didn't even know you could get that in Mexico, but I guess you can get it anywhere. Well, what are the symptoms? Like what? Flu. Like a really bad flu. Oh. Like basically, okay. like you've gotten the flu, mm-hmm. but it just sticks around for a few weeks and they give you some antibiotics and such. But yeah. So I, uh, I was talking to her a couple of days ago. She's uh, starting to feel better. But I saw her. I, I saw her. I see her on Zoom. We sort of talk once a week for about whatever, anywhere between a half an hour and an hour. And I said to her, honey, you look like you've lost weight. <laughs> and uh, because she's a tiny thing. But I made a comment that she hadn't lost any weight over around her boobs, which she thought was very funny. I said, oh, you know, very yeah. nice. Yeah, I was trying to, you know, be complimentary. So I bet you can't wait to get down there and Lauren bobbed her. Hmm? <laughs> that's right. I think mm-hmm. the Spanish word for boobs is tatas or something. I think it oh, is. Oh, tata. yeah, tatas. Yeah, tatas. Mm, yeah, tata. mm. Grande. Tatas grande. <clears throat> yeah. Anyway. I wonder where Dan Duran is. Is Dan Duran quit? Hmm. But that Lauren Boebert, you know, she was elected the last time just by a, uh, <laughs> I was going to say a C here, but I shouldn't say that. Um, I'm sorry, I missed that last was, part. Lauren Boebert. Yes, Lauren Boebert. Just, she just, by the skin of her teeth got that, was reelected, right? Yes. Um. Which was encouraging, but I just wonder what her constituents think now. And again, you don't judge a, a person physically, but man, I will say she has like a smoking body. There's no doubt about that. That's right. And you just wonder how many, you know, in Dunderland, uh, Dunderhead land, how many votes she gets because of her physical attributes. You know, she's a grandmother as well. 
At 36. Wow. Yeah. She's got a, and, 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 and her kid had a child out of wedlock. No big deal, you know, but. No, no. It, it happens. But the hypocrisy of it all. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, not to mention that there's, you know, some stories that allege that she was an escort. Not that there's anything mm-hmm. wrong with that. But again, well, that's what she chose to do. But she's such mm-hmm. a hypocrite. Mm hmm. Um, well, she's an evangelical fuckster. So, yeah. you know, th- th- they exist. <laughs> she is. She is definitely. She's all about. And, she, you know, and that's the other thing is like most people. I, you know, I had this discussion yesterday with somebody who came up. We're talking, he's moving to the States. We we're talking about it. I said, you know, it used to be that somebody could do something, just one little thing, and you'd be out of U.S. politics. Mm-hmm. Almost now, to a fault at some point. It, exa- almost because yeah. it's too much. Mm-hmm. Too L- much. Like Gary. It uh, wasn't enough to have that happen to you. Yeah. Right. Al, Al Franken mm-hmm. was a uh, senator mm-hmm. who had a picture taken on a, a boat somewhere where it, may, it, look, it looked like he might have made a lewd gesture, a gesture mm-hmm. or something. Yes. No, he wasn't charged with being, uh, you know, uh, Harvey Weinstein, and mm-hmm. he had to quit. How come Lauren Boebert doesn't have to quit now? Hey, we have video of you giving a guy a hand job, smoking a vape in a theater. Isn't that enough, Congresswoman? <laughs> Donald Trump raped a woman by every definition of the word in a department store. That's the new bar, Howard. That's Don- the new bar. Well, Donald Trump also... And nobody talks about it. Not, not even the liberal media wants to talk about it. It didn't Why? come up in the interview yesterday on Meet the Press. I know. The fact that he had to pay off... He's not, no one's denying that he had to pay off a porn star while his wife was pregnant. They don't see... Mm. How can they... The, how Kevin McCarthy... Okay, let's... You know what? I, I don't have the energy. Because that's tomorrow's show. How, anyway, Dan Duran is here. He's a, he's a beautiful <laughs> hypocrisy. angel. Hypocrisy, hypocrisy, hypocrisy. It's hypocrisy. too much, yeah. man. Hypocrisy. Um, hypocrisy. Bills won yesterday. Uh, so did Cincinnati. Cincinnati lost, I should say. Uh, did Kansas City win? Yes, I believe so. And uh, Kirk Cousins, is he still playing for uh, the Vikings? Yes. Did he win? Don't know. Those are my guys now. Those are the guys from quarterback, the series I watched. I watched the Bills game. I really haven't looked at all the results from yesterday. Although Cincinnati, the preseason favorite to win the Super Bowl, now 0-2. I, I'm aware of that. Um, Week one, the Bills, Cincinnati, and Kansas City, all of them lost. Mm-hmm. Did you read that article? I can't remember if it was sent to both of us about the economic impact that quarterbacks, superstar, not just quarterbacks. Let me start again. It's the economic impact that superstar athletes have on a market. It can be quite something. And what, what Patrick Mahomes has done for the city of Kansas City, economically, all the stuff of bars and hotels and all those things in the millions and millions of dollars. Mm. Josh Allen. Yeah, I, yeah. So there you go, Dan. Even though you don't follow sports, it does have an impact on your day-to-day life. I know. I mean, there's all kinds of sport venues out there that I drive around and stuff. Exactly. And well, how did the Jays do? Didn't the Jays pull off a win this uh, weekend or something? Well, the Jays are funny. They swept Kansas City, were swept by Texas. Here's how crazy sports can be in baseball in particular. 
So the Jays sweep Kansas City. Then they have a huge series against Texas. Texas comes in here on a horrible losing streak. They sweep the Jays four straight. Puts the Jays two and a half games out. Okay? So Boston comes here. The Jays sweep them. Texas, who swept the Jays, goes to Cleveland to play a team that was, what, 10 games below 500 Mm. and also ran and gets swept by them. So actually, the Jays this weekend end up gaining three games back of the four that they had lost to Texas because Texas is one of the teams they're battling for a wild card. Crazy, crazy things in sports, kids. Yeah. Crazy. Well, that's what We're makes We're talking them- wild card. Does, does that mean that we may not even get into the playoffs this year? Oh, no. There's a chance. Yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Well, they could not make it. Don't worry, Dan. They've, they've don't got get six concerned. games coming up against Tampa Bay. That could sink them, but we'll see. The, well, that's part of the reason people watch sports is for the un- unpredictable nature. Mm-hmm. You know, I guarantee you, nobody thought the Bills, Kansas City, and Cincinnati were going to lose a game, the opening game of the year, and Bills especially against the Jets. Mm-hmm. No one thought Aaron Rodgers was going to play four downs and then be out for the rest of his life. Right. What is the situation there, by the way? Is he gone He's for the done, season? Done for the season. Yeah. Well, there you go. Maybe, maybe his career. Achilles at four years old is not good. It's not good at any time. He should have got. Um, uh, he should have got vaccinated. One other sports story, and it's sort of sort of tied to social media. Mike Babcock, who used to uh, coach the Toronto Maple Leafs, as you know, yep. and was fired, and there was controversy. Where he once got uh, Mitch Marner to put a list together of who he thought were the hardest lo- uh, working leaf Leafs. And Marner thought it would be just between him and Babcock, and then Babcock stands up in the dressing room and reads it out to the team. And yeah, great. Coach. Anyway, it was just yeah, he was just weird. Anyway, he's hired as um, coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets uh, to coach this year, and then resigned yesterday because in his meetings with some of the players, he asked to see their phones. <laughs> what? He asked to see their phones. It's just such a weird story. Yeah. His pitch was, hey, how are you? You got a family? Oh, you do? Hey, you got kids? Oh, you got any pictures? And then he would take their phone and scroll through their some of their pictures. Now, some of the players said they didn't mind. They thought it was sort of a nice way to bond with the coach. But apparently some players were totally pissed off. So there's this guy named Paul Bissonnette who does this spit and chicklets podcast hockey podcast he's sort of become a venting um opportunity for players in the nhl they'll talk to him and then he'll talk about it on spit and chicklets anyway he talked about this and it turns out it went a lot deeper than it seemed to be on the surface that uh, even outside of the dressing room and stuff um Babcock's asking these guys if he could see their their faults and he's scrolling through their pictures. Anyway, finally the team says this is too creepy for us, regardless of the explanation. So they went behind the scenes and said, We don't think you can coach this team. So they quickly came together with a statement of why He's going to depart because it's not good for the health of the team and the yeah. image, and it'll be a distraction. <laughs> yeah, so what a weird... An eight, an $8 million contract goes poof, just like that. Like, did he get the money? He'll get a portion of it, I guess, but... Yeah, he's a strange it's cat. It's a weird story. But, but, weird. You know, because uh, on the surface, you think, okay, maybe in a meeting with some guys, oh, you got a family? Mm-hmm. Like, let me see a picture of your kids. 
Like that's some you can kind of that level you kind of I get mm-hmm. it you know the coach is trying to get to know the players you know I can see mm-hmm. that you know uh, you've hey you got a new dog let me see a picture of Dougie but then to just start scroll, scrolling through it like what's he looking yeah. for exactly well this is the whole thing and then and it turned out again it went a little deeper than was first presented some of the players a couple of the big players on the team said yeah i did that it was seemed to be okay i was getting to know him but then uh, apparently some of the lesser players felt very uncomfortable yeah i can see good word got back to the team and uh yeah so he uh never ends up ultimately does not even coach one game for columbus that is crazy and he's wow. done now. Well, that's what I was going to say. He'll, he'll, yeah. Now, now the problem is whatever portion of the eight million dollar contract he got, he better save it because yeah. nobody's hiring him again. Uh, Dan Duran, I don't see our guest, so we're going to go right to. Do you want to do your bit first? Let's do the bit first. The oh bit no, first? let's do the news first, and then maybe inside the body of the news, you'll present your bit. <laughs> but it's not newsworthy, really, is it? Well, it, doesn't matter it could be like a kicker. It will okay. be news to the listeners. All right. All right. Now, here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Huh. Dan Duran, the anchor man, comes as for credentials. He has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchorman's here He's prone to falling off his chair But he's got a big wang so he don't care And his voice is nice and low My voice is nice and low And now live from Lisa's house Every once in a while I can see Lisa walking by And Dan, oh hello honey Here is movie anchorman Television series regular Dan Durian. Print media is going down in Canada. The print editions of 70 community newspapers are done. Metroland Media Group, which, uh, by the way, they, they have uh, part of the, they're paid, they're owned by Nord's, Nordstar, which owns Torstar and Torstar, you know, Toronto Star. Um, and they, they have publications uh, that will not be under this influence. Like Peterborough this week will not be... Uh, We'll, we'll continue their, their print and online versions. No, thank a God. a whole bunch of other ones. Yes, I know. A whole bunch of other ones going down. But Move will see 605 jobs eliminated, including 68 journalists. 60% of uh, Metroland's total workforce force will be, uh, be eliminated. So all these communities that have this, these papers circulating in their, in their towns will, will see that information source gone. Mm. Well... Yeah, again, another industry that's just in a free fall. Like, I know the local Brampton paper, it was just an excuse to deliver flyers. So there'd be like two or three local stories in it. A couple of national, like, Canadian press stories. And then just stuffed with flyers. Well, even now, online now, like, flyers are almost exclusively online. Like, what do you need all that newsprint for in your house? telling you about the canadian tire sale you can just get it online get it on your phone so i don't remember the last time i uh we've had this conversation a bunch of times but now i really can't remember the last time i picked up a Mm -hmm. physical newspaper and leafed through it my Um, mother-in-law still gets them so when i go out there she gets the star it's nice actually you know what i mean almost quaint yeah it is it's 
sort of neat, but then, you know, your thumb and forefinger are black after you've read it. But <laughs> What's wrong with that? Are you racist? Well, I, <laughs> it's just like, like, you almost feel like it's on you. You know what I mean? It's weird oh. when you're not used to that. No. Um, and you know what I surprises me? How thin the Toronto Star is. Yes. It used to be, when I was a kid, it was broadleaf, as they called yep. it or whatever. Like, broadsheet? Broadsheet, I'm sorry. And now it's like really thin tabloid. Wow. I remember because we got the Star at the matrimonial home in Brampton. I'm sorry. Where did I live? In Oakville. Um. Because the rest of the week, I got it at the radio station. But I remember mm-hmm. those two papers, the Saturday and Sunday papers, when I put them in the recycling, they were massive. Mm-hmm. They were huge, bulky, big, thick. Hello, mm-hmm. Dan. <laughs> huge, bulky, big, thick things. Papers. Paper. You know, that, that see, right there. I, I could call you on that. Right Go there. ahead. You said big milky thing, a Dan. It's like I didn't. I just, I just that, said his name. That's not a dick joke. What is? It isn't a dick joke. Well, what do you mean it's not a dick? joke? All I said was it's that your paper used to be big, bulky, thick, Dan. <laughs> J- just that. There's no. I didn't make it saying that it was prior Dan. to this contest. That would have been a Dan dick joke. So how have you? How have I not won? <laughs> I guess because it's not so direct. It's, it's not so direct. Yeah, it's not direct. Ways, right? It's Look just it this way. Yes. If prior to the contest, yes, Howard had said what he just said, mm. would that not have been construed as a Dan Dick joke? Well, I disagree. I don't think it would have. Uh. <laughs> Man, you want your 50 buck. Yeah. <laughs> you not get your 50 buck. Uh, Dan Duran, do you have another story? Or are you going to present uh, this thing as part of your news? Uh, well, we'll present this thing as part of the news, if I can find it here. And now presenting his thing. Am I as saying, part of well, the news. I'm looking at it, for it. Uh, hang by on the way, here. you're, by the, Frederick, may I call you Frederick? You're yes. welcome. You're more than Thank welcome you. to, <laughs> to, you know, straddle the line or come up to the line or tiptoe up to the line. All you want. That's the fun of it, is to sneak up to the line. Yeah, but I think that one particular went over the line. But um, Well, that's what you... Uh, again, you know, I mean, I can bark all I want at the complaints department, but nobody's hearing me. <laughs> Listen, you know, next yeah. time... Here's what you do. Next time you're at the Bob Callahan Senior Wrinkle Rodeo. Flower City Senior. Flower City Senior. Flower City Mini X. Uh, Dan, what do we got here? Okay, so last week, remember we were having a conversation and Mike and I got into it a little bit because I thought that the uh, Humble and Fred uh, archive shows from mm. 1990 that he was putting out there, which I thought was a very clever idea. Yes. I fully support the idea of doing that. But uh, they were recorded uh, on a old cassette machine that was... Well, basically, when you played it back at real-time speed, it sounded like, because it was recording slow, the the actual voices of Humble and Fred sounded too fast. Mm-hmm. So we had a... And he thought it was charming, and I thought it was ridiculous. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> By the way, do you have the old, a little bit of the old version? Yeah, a little bit of the old. This and then is a what it was. Okay. okay. This is what it sounded like. He's coming to the Dome. Start thinking about golf. Um, it's the first of March, so golf can't be that far away. Another month and a half. Yeah, that uh, big golf show at the Dome is going to be something. Uh, they're going to have the world's longest or biggest driving range or something. They're gonna throw- so that, that sounds just too fast and goofy. 
And so I slowed <laughs> we it down. sounded like cartoon characters. Yeah. So I slowed it down a little bit. I don't know if it's perfect. It's it's a, a percentage wise. It's four percent slower. Only four percent. And you guys sound a, l- a lot more like yourselves. Start thinking about golf. Um, it's the first of March, so golf can't be that far away. Another yeah. month and a half. Yeah, that uh, big golf show at the Dome is going to be something. Uh, they're going to have the world's longest or biggest driving range or something. Wouldn't they're going to throw neat? up a huge net, uh-huh. and you can go there. They're going to have a, p- a putting. So there golf can't be. Hmm. I'd have gone for six percent. You think six percent? Hmm. No. Yeah, I don't know that it made. But that, I, I get. Yeah. Huh? I don't know that it made that much of a difference. Uh, I could hear it, but... Uh, oh, it made a difference. Yeah. Uh-huh. But uh, what what this displays is what can be done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But so I, sort of, I, I still, with Mike, it's, it, it is what it was, and I think it was neat to hear, the, you know, technology, whatever, from that day. So that's what it was. Okay, 6%. Dome's going to be something. They're going to have the world's longest or biggest driving range or something. What they're going to throw up a huge net, uh-huh. and you can go there. They're going to have a putting green, which is no big deal, but they're going to have a... That sounds, oh, yeah, that sounds You can more. do it that quick. Okay, do 25%. <laughs> no, 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 no. Let's but hear what it sounds like. Hang on a second there. I know you're in a hurry to go curling, whatever you're doing today, but um, <laughs> just that... Let me, list, list, let me listen to 6% again, because that's now starting to sound more like what we actually would have sounded like. May I hear it now? Or you're both frozen. Uh, Okay, what happened was uh, the internet in my house just went down. Let me just switch over to a different one. Uh, I may have to... They're going to throw up a huge net. Uh You can go there. They're going to have a putting green, which is no big deal, but they're going to... Yeah, 6%. So, I, I kind of tried with the 4%. So did you guys, I'm sorry to interrupt. Did you guys hear you guys froze for a second because my internet just went down? So I've oh. switched it over. So I, the audience, they heard me talking about this, but they didn't hear the actual clip. Would you mind doing that again there, Daniel? 6% again? Yes, please. Here we go. The dome's going to be something. Uh, they're going to have the world's longest or biggest driving range or something. Wouldn't they're going to throw neat? up a huge net, uh-huh. and you can go there. They're going to have a, p- a putting green, which is no big deal. But they're going to have a sand trap and a driving range. You can just slap balls into the. Yeah. So uh, that, that yeah, sounds okay. more like what we would have been like in 1990. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your voices have lowered out a little bit and over time, it seems. Well, because of our, so of our standards, Dan, they've just okay, gone do completely down. Ju- just do 15. Let's hear what that sounds like. <laughs> 15. 15? Okay. Yeah. 15% is coming this is up. cool, this tool. This oh, is it? Tool. Does Dan have a cool tool? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Fred. Fred. Yeah, that uh, big golf show at the Dome is going to be something. Uh, They're going to have the world's longest or biggest driving range or something. They're going to throw up a huge net, Uh and you can go there. They're going to have a a putting green, which is no big deal, but they're going to have a sand trap and a driving range. You can just slap balls into the Dome. It gets underway tonight. Okay, okay. Now do 65%. I mean, it's ridiculous. No, 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 but that's yeah, 15. I'm, I actually sound a bit like a man there. Um, oh, no. Go, now you have to go to 40%. Uh, listen, that was great, Dan. Thank you for doing that for us. Yeah, you're welcome. Mm-hmm. Now, today, take today's show and slow it down. No. Speed it. Take today's show and speed it up 14%. All right. Thanks to All Brittle right. Star. Uh, that was great. 
would like to have. See, there's a guy we could have a conversation with every so often if he would do it. Oh yeah, he's a bright yeah. man. He's been in some commercials too, like actual, you know, acting commercials. I've seen his face many times. Seriously, on television, yeah, I think he's that. doing it all. Yeah. So you probably hate him, right? He's the oh yeah, you could have. Yeah, he's I like I could be. I'm Dan Star. Why can't I do things? <laughs> yeah, exactly. What's what's wrong with me over here? Hello, I'm still here. Well, I thought you were going to get the audio of uh, that commercial you and Lisa did for uh, the Peterborough Theater Guild. Oh, right. That'll, that. That's coming up on Wednesday's show. I'll get that uh, that on the go. Okay. Yeah. Is that okay? Get it on the go. Get, get it, it on the go. Get it on yeah. the go. Uh, right. So, yeah, tomorrow. Uh, but we're on Tuesday. We're on Wednesday. We're on Thursday. Of course, we'll be doing uh, emails. Got lots of new emails, lots of very, very encouraging emails. People are very, very happy, it seems, with us for the most part. And so uh, thank you to that. And uh, thanks to everybody who uh, supports this program. And uh, that's it. The Monday show's over. Yeah, Mm -hmm. great. Okay, it really sort of petered out there, didn't it? I was just trying to find something. Oh, we're <laughs> down. Did you find it? <laughs> did just there it's playing now. Oh, I see. You're stalling to find the music. Yeah, you know, I stole. I stole. I, I was stalling. I was stalling. Let's have a mouse seminar one day. Hey, why don't we? <laughs> There's one hiding in your ass balls. <laughs> perfectly, this perfectly legitimate, by the way. Yeah, yeah it's, it's on side that one. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, The Chambers Plan, Bodog, Boron One, EVNet.ca, Palma Pasta, and Stretch Lab Toronto. As you know, we read all of our emails, so send us something. Humble and Fred at humbleandfredradio.com. Liking and subscribing helps this show out, gets us up their rankings. So does writing a review, so please say something nice about us. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran. And remember, you can shoot 67 or you can join the Brampton Seniors Club. Either way, embrace it and enjoy every goddamn day. That was a good drum break. Pick yourself up off the side of the road with the elevator poles and you with flash tones. Members only.